good morning and welcome to French Church this morning. For those of you who don't know me, my name is Tim. Whether you're gathered here in person or whether you're home in line, we're so glad to be together. We just believe that God is bringing us together as one community this morning. So as we get started, wherever you are, would you stand and read this with me? This passage is found in Revelation 15. Let's read this together. Great and marvelous are your deeds, Lord, God Almighty. Just and true are your ways, King of the nations. Who will not fear you, Lord, and bring glory to your name? For you alone are holy. All nations will come and worship before you. For your righteous acts have been revealed. Let's lift this up to you this morning. Every 
does not leave us in the valley. God is leading us through the valley. He is always bringing us back to him. So this morning as we worship, we come in hope, believing that God will bring us to him. So would you join me in affirming our hope in Jesus this morning? Let's read this passage from Romans 5 together. It says this, we rejoice in our sufferings, knowing that suffering produces endurance, and endurance produces character, and character produces hope. And hope does not put us to shame because God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. Let's praise God for the hope that he offers this morning. The greatest love that anyone could ever know That overcame the cross and grave to find my soul Till I see you face to face And grace amazing takes me home I'll trust in you
pray. Father, this morning we come certainly in awe of you. Lord, our heavenly Father, the one who created this world, the one who sustains us, who gives us life and breath, and has given us new life through Jesus Christ, we come today in honor and praise and thanksgiving and adoration, in all of your goodness, in all of your awesome power, in all of your wonderful grace and mercy that you've poured out upon us, in law of your love for us, Lord, this morning. We are grateful, we're thankful, and Lord, we are so in awe of the power of your spirit. Lord, we pray the power of your spirit that would meet with us today wherever we're at, wherever, whether we're in this room or watching online or, Lord, uh, in, here in Willoughby or around the world, Lord, that you would just pour your presence out among us. And Lord, those who are worshiping, not just in our church, but other churches around this country and around this globe would sense the power of your presence, the power of your spirit in our lives, in our worship this morning. Lord, we come to you knowing that you are the great and awesome God, Lord, who can take care of anything that ails us, anything that, um, Lord, would bother us, anything that would, that would try to drag us down. And Lord, there's a lot of those things in the world today. Lord, we see counties turning red, and we pray that you would, Lord, bring a healing and an end to this uh, disease and this virus. Lord, we, we see um, division in between uh, people and families and homes as we come into this toxic political time. Lord, we pray for a peace that passes all understanding in our church and our homes. And Lord, that we would live lives that would be so appealing to the world, Lord, that they would turn to you. Father, we pray for those who this morning are sick and ill, and Lord, we know those that are suffering through COVID, and Lord, those who are suffering from other ways, and Lord, those who are looking towards surgery this next week, we pray that you'd be with them. Lord, we pray that you'd be with those who are bereaved today. Lord, we know that you comfort, and Lord, you do walk us through those valleys, the shadow of death, and Lord, we, we thank you, Lord for restoring us and lifting us. And Lord, the power that we sense in your spirit day by day, moment by moment. And Lord, now as we come and as we hear your word, Lord, speak to us with that same power. Lord, speak to us and may your Holy Spirit move in us and change us and renew us, refresh us. And Lord, challenge us to live not only for you, but to live like you. and we'll give you praise and honor in that powerful name of Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. Amen, amen, amen. You may be seated. Well, welcome, and in case you're wondering if you've been here for a few weeks and you're saying, who are you? I am Steve, I'm one of the pastors on staff here, and it is great to be back. Uh, we have been gone for like five weeks or so and enjoying our new grandson. And it was a, uh, just a joy and we, have, we are so appreciative. I'm so appreciative of our staff and our elders and our volunteers who have picked up and uh, carried on. You didn't even notice I was gone, I'm sure. And so uh, thank you so much for that also. You know, it's interesting you come home and things are different. And some things aren't really that much different. They just seem different. And, you know, I sit down on my computer and I realize, like, it's been so long, I don't remember my password. <laughs> you know? 
So I, it's yesterday in the morning, I don't remember my password, so what I do, I pick up my phone to call Gus. Yeah, and if you know that, our tech, yeah, Gus isn't here anymore. And, and so, okay, things have changed. And so we figure that out finally and get into the computers. And I say, well, what else has changed? What else has changed since I've been here? Well, um, you know, we opened up our children's ministry. And then we closed up our children's ministry. <laughs> oh, boy. You know, it's, it's, it's interesting out there, isn't it? As counties turn red and we figure out what to do. And I just encourage you, stay tuned, watch, you know, maybe catch uh, some email updates, check up online, see what's going on. Because we never know as, as things turn red and maybe even purple here soon, uh, what adjustments we may need to make. So I encourage you to, to watch and, and to be uh, just vigilant and, and diligent in um, following along with what is going on. But you know, during this time, during this COVID, during everything that's going on, God does not stop working, does he? God does not stop moving, and God does not stop speaking. In fact, as we go through pray scripture, we believe that God speaks today, and God speaks, and when God speaks, it's our duty to hear. And as leaders of Friends Church, elders and staff, and we've just been so driven by this, this theme that we kept hearing, these words we kept hearing God speak to us, love, live, and lead. And it's kind of like a drumbeat, you know, just kept coming. Love, live, lead. Drumbeat, love, live, lead. Love, live, lead. Over and over again. And, and as God is speaking, we're here, God, what are you saying? And he seems to be saying, as you go through this time of COVID, as you go into 2021 and beyond, what we need to do is learn to love. We need to lead, learn to live. And we need to learn to lead. And so... The last couple weeks, Pastor Eric has been talking about loving Jesus. Love Jesus. That's the love of love. And we know that we love because he first loved us. In fact, the Bible tells us that God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. And our love is a response to God's love. First John John says, this is love. It's not that you loved God. It's that God loved you and sent his son as an atoning sacrifice for your sins. He follows that up in 1 John by saying, and, and we love because he first loved us. Paul says in Romans 5.8, God demonstrates his love for us and that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. So we love him. And how can we not love God? How can we not love Jesus after what he's done for us? How can we not love Jesus in that, that he has come and given us life so that we could have life? We could have abundant life. We could have eternal life. And our response to him is, Jesus, I love you. But what do we do with that love? It ends up that that love needs to work itself out some way in the way we live our lives, doesn't it? If you love your spouse, but you never act like it, you never do anything, you just say, I love you, and you never show that love, you question that love. And so we work out God's love for us and our love for God in our daily lives by living out that love. And as Christians, we do that 
by living like Jesus. So we love Jesus and then we live like Jesus. I don't know about you, but um, I want to live like Jesus. I mean, the goal of my life The goal, I think, of all Christians should be that we take on the character of Christ, that we begin to live like Christ. But it's not always the easiest thing to do, is it? Paul talks a little bit about that in Romans chapter 7. He says, you know, I want to do the good things. To paraphrase Paul, I want to live like Christ. I want to do what Christ would do. I want to be his representative, but, but I struggle. I struggle. I, I sometimes do the things I don't want to do. In my attempts to live like Christ. So my question this morning is, is it even possible? Is it even possible to live like Christ? And if so, how? You know, like I said, I, I, I try. I try to live like Christ. I, I try to do my best to live like him. And yet I feel like Paul at times. I tell you what, most of you here have known me at most eight years. It's been eight years since I've been here. A few of you know me longer than that, but, but eight years. And you know, to some extent, you're getting a finished product. Now, I'm not finished, you know? I'm not finished, and, and, and it's, I'm not a finished product. And some of you are saying, wow, this is a finished product? <laughs> but I'm not what I was. I'm not what I was. In my 20s and 30s and 40s, it was even harder at times to live this out, to live like Jesus, is those those worldly pressures, those sins that Paul talks about in chapter seven of Romans. And so it's something we work towards, it's something we work to, but our goal is to be like Jesus. And I've come to this conclusion. It is possible, it is possible but it's not natural. At least for me. Did you get that? It's possible, but it's not natural. It just doesn't come natural for us as sinners, for us who have been born into this world to live like Christ. It's not our first response many times. But the Bible calls us to it. And I believe it is possible, but it's not natural. Just look at the disciples. Last week, Pastor Eric talked to you about Peter and his encounter with Jesus after the resurrection. Jesus came to him and said, Peter, do you love me? Peter did not have to stop and think about that. You notice that? It didn't say, well, Peter says, give me five minutes, Lord. Let me go think about it. He didn't pull out a daisy and go, I love him, I love him not, I love him, I love him not, I love him, I love him not. No, his immediate reaction was, of course I love you. And he says, and then he asked me, of course I love you. You get the sense in the scripture that Peter is even getting frustrated that Jesus had to ask him three times. He says, hey, I can't get, get the wax out of your ears. Yes, I love you. 
Loving Jesus was easy for the disciples, I believe. Living like him, not so much. <laughs> Loving Jesus came easy. <laughs> Living like him, not so much. And that's what I found in my life so many times. Just think about reading through Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. You see instance after instance after instance. You see the disciples, they see little children. They say, get away, get away. We don't have nothing to do with you. And Jesus says, no, no, no. Let the little children come here. And says, Jesus, bless them. The disciples hear this loud, loud, noisy, blind beggar following Christ and coming after him and yelling. They say, get away. Don't disturb the master. And Jesus says, no, no, no. Come here. What do you want? What do you want? The disciples wouldn't even think of talking to an immoral Samaritan woman. <laughs> and Jesus walks up and says, can you do me a favor? I, I need something. And then he engaged with her. In fact, most of the, some of the disciples, when the towns of Samaria wouldn't welcome them, they said, Lord, can we call down fire from heaven and just burn them up? It says Jesus rebuked them. Oh, I believe they love Jesus. How could you not love Jesus? Living like him? Not as easy. Not as easy. And I think that's a message for us today. It's possible. It's possible. But it's not natural. And so we see this clearly demonstrated by Jesus in a passage of Scripture. Just a few days or weeks before Jesus and Peter had this exchange of, do you love me? It's a passage we're very familiar with. It's in that upper room the night before Jesus died, and it's John chapter 13. So if you have your Bibles there, you might want to turn to that, John chapter 13. And we see here a story that's very familiar very familiar to us. Uh, Jesus is, is got his disciples. In fact, we learned that it's the apostles. It's the 12 that's in the room with him. And so they bring him to the upper room, and he's going to spend some time with them. But, of course, he notices that no one bothered to wash anybody's feet, which would have been the job of the maidservant, whoever would have been there to do that. But obviously, it did not happen. Likely, that person wasn't even around. And so they were there, and Jesus decides to do something about it. And it says he steps up, took off his outer robe, put a cloth towel around his waist, went around, got a basin, and went around and started washing the feet of his disciples and drying them with the towel that he'd put around his waist. And of course, he comes to Peter, and Peter says, no, 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 not me, Lord. And Jesus says, yes. And Peter says, no. And he says, Peter, unless you do, you have nothing to do with me unless you let me do this. And, and so he goes, and he washes their feet. And we pick up the story in chapter 12 when he's done, or verse 12, he says this, when he had finished washing their feet, he put on his clothes and returned to his place. Do you understand what I've done for you, he asked them. You call me teacher and Lord, and rightly so, for that is what I am. Now that I, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you should also wash one another's feet. I have set you an example that you should do as I have done for you. Very truly I tell you, no servant is greater than his master, nor is a messenger greater than the one who sent him. Now that you know these things, you will be blessed if you do them. 
I want to take you back there to verse 15 a second. It says this, I have set for you an example that you should do as I've done today for you. Jesus is very open. Here is the man who says his Lord and teacher, and he's rightly called Lord and teacher because he is Lord, and he sets an example for this. In verse 17, then he says, and then you'll be blessed if you do those things now that you know them. So Jesus has done these things. And he says, now you go out and do them. Now what are these things? Now no one really believes and thinks that Jesus was saying the only thing we're to do as Christians is to wash each other's feet. The example Jesus has set is just that, is an example. It is one of many things that we should be doing. It's not the acts that's important. It's the heart attitude. He says, the example I've set for you, we look at as an example of washing feet. Jesus looked at it as an example of his humility, of his servant leadership, of his self-denial. It's that Philippians 2 version of Jesus that we see. That Jesus, although he was God, did not think being equal with God was anything to be desired. He came and he humbled himself. He came to the earth and he came and he submitted himself to death here on earth for us. And he says, what I've done, what you see in me, not necessarily just the washing, but what you see in me in a humble attitude, in a servant attitude, what you see in me as one who places others and their needs above yours, what you see in me as one who cares for those around, you need to do that. If you want to become like me, if you want to, you need to live like me. The Apostle John wrote years later in 1 John in 2, 5 through 6, he says, this is how we know we are in him. Whoever claims to be, to live in him, must live as Jesus did. Very clear. If you claim to be in him, and he's talking about being in God, if you claim to be part of God, if you claim to be uh, a Christian or you claim to be a God follower, you need to live as Christ lived and said, in fact, it says you must live as he did. He says you must be an imitator of Christ. Now, notice, I said imitator, not an imitation. <laughs> be an imitator, not an imitation. Your imitations are cheap knockoffs. And I kind of see that in the world today when we hear things like this and, and we hear Paul even saying, hey, imitate me as I imitate Christ. And we do that, but we see people who today who go about imitating and they're nothing more than actors, I think. You know, okay, what part do I need to play today? Oh, I need to play church member today, so I need to go to church. Or I need to play this member today. We go out and we become actors and not, we become actors of our Christian faith and not live out the Christian faith in reality. I think some people think that when they get to heaven, God's gonna give out an Oscar. <laughs> the best supporting actor at the church in Willoughby Hills is, and I don't wanna be an actor, Lord. <laughs> I don't wanna be acting out. I wanna be living out what you've done for me. I don't want to be a cheap imitation. I want to be the real deal. And it says to do that, we must do what Christ did. Because when you start acting, what happens when things go off script? 
What happens when the teleprompter goes off? <laughs> you can't remember your lines. When things get tough, when trouble comes, when suffering, we read about it in the scripture this morning in between songs. When we're an actor, what happens? Well, I think most of the times we put our head between our tails and we take off. And that's not what a follower of Christ does. Living like Jesus, which is what we're asking you to do, what we want us to do, can get tough at times. Life can get tough at times. And especially as Christians, life can get tough. And I think those who act like Jesus, think they can get away with just maybe playing a part, miss an important message that Jesus gives throughout his ministry and especially in the upper room with the disciples on this last night. Not just in the washing of the feet, but the rest of his ministry. He's got a message to tell them and a message for us. And it's simply this. Death precedes life. That's what he was telling them this, that night. As he was in there and started to washing the feet, he had a message. He says, for me, death, and for you, death precedes life. Jesus was telling them, had been telling them, I need to go to the cross. I need to die so that you might live. And folks, he needed to go to the cross and he needed to die so that we could live. And he's telling them, and I think he's telling us too, before we live, we need to die. We need to die. Before we can live like Christ, we need to die like Christ. Jesus taught that a seed has to drop into the ground and die before it can grow and bear fruit. Matthew 16 Jesus was talking about this. He, he talked all through his ministry about this. In Matthew 16, he's talking about his death. And Peter again says, no, Lord, it's, don't let it happen. It's not gonna happen. No way, Lord. And Jesus turns to him and says, get thee behind me, Satan. And then he says these words. Whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves, take up their cross, and follow me. For whoever wants to save their life will lose it. Whoever who loses their life for me will find it. Death must precede life in our Christian lives. If we're going to live like Jesus, we need to learn to live for Jesus. And if we're going to do that, we first must die to ourselves and carry the cross that he has called us to do. The cross that he's calling us to carry is an instrument of death. He who loses his life will find it. He adds in Luke 14, 27, whoever does not carry their cross and follow me cannot be my disciple. Do you get that? Cannot. If we are not willing to pick up our cross, if we're not willing to die first, we cannot be his disciple. The apostle Paul had a beautiful understanding of this, and I think he clarifies it for us in Galatians 2, 20 when he writes this. I have been crucified 
with Christ. And I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. The life I now live in the body, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Death comes before life. But you notice here, for Paul, for us, it's not physical death. (laughs) It's not death of self, it's death to self that Paul is calling us to. If we're going to live like Jesus, we first must die to ourselves. Paul was crucified, but his body survives. If we're going to live like Christ, we gotta first live for Christ. And we do that by dying. For Paul, again, it was not death of self. It was death to self. Popular author and professor Jan Johnson writes this in her book, Invitation to the Jesus Life. Death to self is releasing the desire to have things my way and being open to how God leads me today. Death to self is the release of the desire to have things my way, the selfness that comes in all of us. It's releasing of that desire and say, Lord, wherever you take me today, whatever you have for me today, that is what I will do. That's the way Jesus lived. Jesus says, I did not come to do my own will. I came to do the will of the Father. We, if we're going to live like Jesus, we say, it's not my will, it's your will, Lord, be done. Death to self. I, does this sound tough? Would you like to be Jesus' publicity agent? Or would you like to be the one recruiting the followers of Jesus? This is not the way we do it today, is it? Hey, come to church. We got comfortable chairs, coffee shop. Uh, you know, do you have a need? We're going to meet your need. And, and we follow all, all this that we can do. And Jesus seems to be saying just the opposite. He's saying, come to me and take up your cross. <laughs> come to me and deny yourself. A teacher came up to him one day and said, Jesus, I want to follow you. And he said, hey, I'll tell you what, the fox they had, has a den. The birds have a nest. Son of man doesn't even have a place to lay his head. I can see that guy who want to follow Jesus saying, you're homeless? <laughs> you're, you're, you're homeless and you're asking me to give up everything and follow you? And who's your, who's your press agent here? Your message is, is not connecting with me here. And so many days, so we change the message because sometimes it seems like, well, I can't grow a church or I can't, I can't be attractive to people. I can't tell a God good news of the gospel if I tell them we have to, after, after Christ, after we come to him, the, we're different now than we were before Christ, but that also means that sometimes we have to give up some very precious, some very things that are important to us, some things that we've held on to, some things that have caused us to, to look at our own self and be so selfish at times. That's what Jesus calls us to. If you want to live like me, I don't even have a house. I don't even have a bed. I don't even have a pillow. 
If you want to live like me, take up your cross. Deny yourself and follow me. That is the call to Christ. Wherever, wherever, and however he lives, he leads. We want to follow Jesus. We want to follow Jesus. Are we willing to give our lives? Before we want to live like Jesus, we must die like Jesus. You know, that's what baptism is all about, right? When we baptize someone, we we are baptizing them into the death of Christ. We become united like Christ in death. We die to self, but we don't stay in the water, thank goodness. We come out of the water, raised like Jesus Christ to new life, to renewed life, to abundant life. We come out of the water once we've died to self. And we are new. Mm. And the disciples, this was a hard message. And for us, this can be a hard message because we just don't get it. And kind of like the disciples, we have our own areas that we have not surrendered. We have not turned over. We have not crucified in our lives. For them, I think of in that room, the pride, the ego, the jealousy, the selfishness, the bigotry that they had in their lives. Oh, they love Jesus, but... But, and we have those in our lives. They had issues. We have issues, don't we? I I got issues. I'm I'm not going to list them out for you. (laughs) you. You can figure them out for yourself. We have issues. They had issues. A early 20th century Anglican priest, first Anglican woman priest, Evelyn Underhill wrote this. He says, we spend most of our lives conjugating three verbs. To want, to have, and to do. And she calls it craving, clutching, and fussing. (laughs) We spend most of our lives craving, clutching, fussing. Because we have this self-issue. We are kept in perpetual unrest. We are consumed by the self-sins. Self-righteousness, self-pity, self-sufficiency. And we could go on and on and on and on. the ones we need to get rid of. There's a story of a man owned a home, and in the front of the home, out by the street, was this humongous boulder. It was too big to be moved, and so it had been there for years and been there for decades, and it was just an eyesore in his view. And So he finally, after years and years, decided he was going to do something about this boulder. And he walks out with a hammer and a chisel. And he starts chiseling away. And over time, he's working. And when he's done, there is this beautiful elephant. Just gorgeous. And it's, it's, it's a piece of art. And his neighbors are coming up to him and saying, hey, how, how did you do this? And he says, well, it was pretty easy. I just took the hammer and the chisel and I just chipped away anything that didn't look like an elephant. What in our lives doesn't look, don't look like Christ? 
before we can live like Christ in self-denial and being crucified, we, maybe we need to chip away those things that don't look like Christ. Selfishness, fear, anxiety, greed, pride, deceitfulness, angry, anger, self-absorption, defiance. You know, those self-sins that we just mentioned, self-righteousness, self-pity, self-sufficiency. God has revealed to us in Jesus perfection. And he's calling us to live like him. This week, give some thought in your efforts to live like Jesus. What doesn't look like Jesus? What do you need to chip away at? Where do you need to take the chisel. Next week, we're going to get into some nitty and gritty of how we actually live out living like Jesus. But today, it starts in here. You know, the disciples had all the information about Jesus. They had heard him talk. They had seen him work, but they hadn't had the transformation. They hadn't yet been chipped away at. That was the work of the Holy Spirit. And I would encourage you, don't try this chipping alone. Don't try to do it on yourself. Because, you know, if you're like me, I'm not real good with tools. It might make a little error. This is where the Holy Spirit comes in. The Spirit of God, the Spirit of Christ within us, the Holy Spirit comes in and he starts helping us with the chipping. He starts helping us become more like Christ. He starts helping us in ways that we need to, to become less self and deny ourselves and become more like the Son of God, the, the master, the teacher, the Lord who was there in the upper room that day. Because it is possible to live like Christ. It's just not natural. And so we need the supernatural. We need the supernatural Holy Spirit in our lives if we're going to live like Christ. And here at Friends Church, as we say we love Jesus, and in response to love Jesus, we want to become like him. Well, the first thing we need to do is take on his character before we start acting like him, where we become actors. We'll become imitations. Lord Jesus, come in and clean me up. Lord, make me like you. Fill me with you. And let your spirit come and work in me so that when people look at me, they say, he's a little Jesus. <laughs> he reminds me of somebody. Who does he remind me of? Oh, I read about that in Matthew and Mark and Luke and John. I see the character. I see the qualities. I see the love, the generosity, the compassion, the mercy, the grace. That I see the patience that I see in Jesus. I don't see what I used to see in Steve. That's this Holy Spirit at work in our lives. It's not a do-it-yourself job. <laughs> it's a job we do with the Holy Spirit working with us to make us more like him. That's my prayer. That's why we believe so passionately that we not only need to love Jesus, we need to live like Jesus. But to live like Jesus, we must first be like Jesus. We must first allow him to change us, mold us. And you know what that requires? 
take up your cross, follow me, deny yourself, not the things that you usually get posted on the front of the church uh, along the street sign. But that's, that's what the world needs today when they look at Christians. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for your love for us. I thank you for your mercy. Lord, that has taken, and, and Lord, even when we were far from where we might be considered to be uh, following you or even a, a, a good imitation of you, Lord. That we're far from that, but Lord, you've brought us along and you've honed us on our character and you've made us more like you and it's the power of your spirit working with us. Lord, I pray that that power, that that Holy Spirit would work in the lives of individuals here this week. Lord, those watching online and Lord, being challenged today that, that this is a message for them, Lord, that you do change lives and you change our characters and you can, Lord, you can make us more like you through the power of your spirit. I pray, Lord, that you would work through us, that you would speak to us, Lord, that you would encourage us, that you would challenge us. Lord, I pray that we would find ourselves to be willing and submissive to your spirit. Lord, where pride and arrogance may push back, give us a humble spirit. Remind us of the spirit of Christ who would walk in and wash feet even though he was Lord. And give us that spirit that would reach out receive and live for you as we go about this week. In the powerful name of your spirit and in the name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. Hey, thanks again for joining us here this morning. It was great to have Pastor Steve back with us and his wife, Sheila. We certainly welcome him back. And it's great to continue in our series of Love, Live, Lead, and specifically thinking about how we can live a life after Jesus. Thanks again for joining us. Thanks for your continued generosity to help continue the ministries of the church. We ask that you just continue to be connected. Contact us through our website. Our homepage gives you all kinds of information, and we're going to be launching a brand new website coming up here soon. Another great way to stay connected is through our groups. We have Zoom groups Monday through Friday at 7 p.m. If you go to our homepage, click on online groups, it gives you the button right on that page. It will send you directly to that Zoom room, and you can study the book of Acts together with others that are learning what it means to live a life after Jesus. So thank you. We look forward to connecting with you through the week and next Sunday as well. God bless you, and have a wonderful week.